Greetings, greetings, and suave evening. This is Dr. Brother Suave, your mind-blowing, thought-provoking, and eye-opening on-air personality, life coach, psychotherapist, author, creator, and your divine social therapist and host of Social Therapy with Dr. Brother Suave. Listen, I am so excited. I'm so excited. You have no idea. Listen, we're on episode seven. Just seven weeks ago, we all just got this thing started. And man, we are moving along. And I'm so happy. I'm so blessed. I just thank God for another day to get it right. I just thank God for his blessings and everything that he do for me. And I'm just happy. So listen, tonight I'm excited because um, I got somebody who's very dear to my heart. All my guests are. However, this person has been a mentor of mine for about 20 years. Listen, an amazing woman. And, and, and speaking of women, this is I just want to tell everyone who's listening and all ladies out there. The Queens, this is um, National uh, Women's Month. And man, <laughs> what a great, great, what a great month. You guys are really trendsetters. You guys are wonderful. You're our queens. We love you. And so speaking of um, a queen, this person is a very dear friend of mine, a colleague, a mentor, a person who's always been for the past 20 years of my life. I just want to tell you, this person is the first elected mayor of the city of Miami Gardens, which is the third largest city in Miami-Dade County. In 1996, she had a vision of political self-determination and civic empowerment for her community. She is a professional negotiator. Um, she's always about collaboration and have this collaborative approach about incorporating diversity amongst other things She's the founder, you hear me? The founder of the national and international jazz and the gardens. Y'all, I hope y'all enjoyed it this past weekend, but because she, her vision, we wouldn't even have a jazz in the garden. As far as I'm concerned, that's as just big as Essence Music Fest because her vision provided us with that, that level of entertainment. And so, but also she earned her bachelor's in arts and criminal justice a master's in pastoral, pastoral um, ministry, has an honor, honorary PhD in um, sacred theology. She is a retired 16-year veteran of the Miami-Dade Police Department. Lastly, an established consultant of her own consulting firm called Worldwide Systems Group. So as far as I'm, my, I'm concerned, she's my mayor, and she's your former mayor, but she's my forever mayor. So without further ado, I just want to welcome the wonderful, the brilliant, the visionary, Mayor Shirley Gibson. Thank you, Dr. Oh. Brother Suave. How are you? I am doing suave-rhythmic. I like I'm that. So That's happy. Great. I, I like that. <laughs> so listen, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for honoring us, me, with your presence, Mayor. Listen, I, I said a little things. I read a little things about you. But listen, I just want to shut up for right now and give you the floor to just tell people a little bit about yourself, man. I, I, I'm awed right now. <laughs> thank <laughs> you, know? you. Thank you. <laughs> Well, I am, um, I'm a Southern girl. I was okay. born in um, Southwest Georgia, but I have lived down in Florida and particularly Dade County uh, since I was very young, as a matter of fact, about 10 years old. But in all of that, you know, I have always wanted to be involved and to do things in community. So I have had an opportunity to do that mm -hmm. uh, as a police officer, as a um, you know, working in hospitals and, you know, that was my first year. Then I got into law enforcement. I was there for like the 16 years, but I was always engaged in community because I just felt that there's so much to do. So why can't I do something? And I did that. And then I really got into the politics and, you know, I've been with you all along the roads and politics, police work, you name it. And, you know, I became the mayor I was the founding chair of the incorporation for Miami Gardens. And, mm. and you know, I've just, yeah, I've just been so marvelously blessed by God to be engaged. But the most thing I would like to tell you and your audience, 
I love what I do. And I and I'm telling you not because I just want to make you feel good about me, but I'm a very humble person. I believe that to be humble, one can reach all goals that God have for you to reach. And that's what I've been. And I just love people. I love my people. Yes, you do. And I love them in the way that, hey, you know, we're going to do it right and we're not going to do it at all. So I'm just excited and even more so to be with you and what you've been doing. See, that's a great thing to to have this and grow together and then come you know we've come back and forth and you know yes. you come here you've gone back and you try to always come and see me when you're here so it just makes me feel so special because as you know and i'm telling your audience i am a wisdom person because i am a senior woman and i'm just so proud of all that so i'm so happy to be with you to to get to meet your audience and to say Hey, look at the great things that he's done and that we're going to talk about. Because I'm excited about that, about talking about what's going to happen. Yes. Listen, you guys, you have no idea, man. We are, we are, we're going to have a, a, a powerful show because her presence, man, her experience, and, and she is right. She is humble, but she is full of wisdom, information. And I, I'm blessed because, again, you know, I'm always talking about building relationships, staying connected. And, and and one thing is again, some people say that's bragging. It's not bragging when it's true. I have maintained a lot of great relationships trying to stay connected with people because you never know when you're gonna need to uh engage with them or 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 because you don't want people to think that you call them because you want to use them. You understand? So you always want to build and stay connected with people. And I'm so happy. Let me tell you something a little bit about her. I remember um when I retired out of law enforcement, I remember um, moving to um, Atlanta, Georgia. And again, um, and she was the mayor. And I remember, I believe she was still the mayor. And I remember she called me. She said, listen, I need you to pick me up from the airport. Bam, I'm right there. And I'm getting a chance. To, I'm telling you, I'm your guy. I'm going to get there right quick. And, and guess what? I'm able to pick up nuggets from years and years, about 20 years, man. And, and I'm telling you, I've learned. She Again, she has mentored me. And again, she, humility. Let me tell you something. When she mentioned humility, she is because when you humble, um, you get a chance to learn and you have to open your minds to be humble because when, when you're humble, people will actually sow into your life and you're the one benefiting from it. So I'm going to tell you, it's, it's a benefit in being humble. And so I just want to thank you. And um, so, of course, we, we're going to be talking about knowledge. And a lot of times um, people get frustrated. And I always say we can't have these unreasonable expectations from people. Um, if no one, no one's teaching them. So tonight, um, ladies and gentlemen, I need you to get ready because some of the things you did not know about life, you're going to be, um, actually, you're going to learn some things and it's going to teach you about humility. It's going to teach you about, um, sowing to the lives of our youth. And, 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 and I'm telling you, this is, this episode will be a mind blowing, thought provoking and eye opening experience. So, um, Mayor Shirley, just a little small question because, um, I wanted to know because as we talk about teaching mm -hmm. and family, uh, our culture, our community, us individually and collectively and building relationships and bonding, what do you think is a critical area that families, especially young parents, can focus on when it comes to creating generational bonds? Well, I, I believe the first place we should look is at our elders and the wisdom that they bring and seek them out and make sure they're there, they're at the table, they're where our young people can see them. And so that's something I really focus on. We must make sure that we have them at the table and that they're able to help us. Because listen, if we forget our history of who we were and what happened to us, we will definitely not be able to move along these lines where we find ourselves going because things are moving so quickly. I mean, we have war all around the world now. I mean, it's just a lot going on. But if we bring our humble people of our elders, and the reason I say this, I told my granddaughter, and she's 10, and she's very smart, brilliant. She can do all the computers and everything with me. And she said, you know, I said, you're very smart. And I said, you're such a smart girl. And then as sometimes she says something, I said, well, listen, let me tell you something. You may be smarter than I am with a computer, but you are mm -hmm. not smarter than I am because I have more wisdom 
I'm the wisdom person. And you can't be smarter than me because you can't, you have not lived as long as I have. And living brings wisdom. Nothing. Absolutely. So we have to figure out a way and make sure that our young people have the essence of wisdom around them and with them so they will understand what happens. And and that's why we got we have to have that wisdom with us with our young people and our young people. Yes. Amen. And and one thing I think what happens is um when we look at smart or intelligence is measured a lot of times by academia. But again, our kids can actually maybe smarter than us, but intellect would never trump wisdom. Exactly. Think about our elders. They didn't have a formal education. They some of them didn't know how to read and write. But guess what? Their vision opened the door for us. You understand? They didn't know how to read, but they had vision because it was wise. You yes. understand? And they knew what was important. They knew how to um speak. They knew how to hold back. Because think about it. Our elders opened the doors. And, and just to, 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 just to talk about this, like, for example, I think about when I started my law enforcement in the early 80s, mm-hmm. um, mid-80s. Think about it. Um, <laughs> these people opened the doors for us. Mm-hmm. We didn't know anything about the discrimination. We didn't know about the hiring practice. But those elders who opened the door, look at look at the economics that Black folks had received in Dade County as a result of these people opening the doors. And it gave us a lot of economic security. And we're not honoring the elders. We just sitting there saying, oh, I got a job in law enforcement. But we all know fire, police, and corrections has done yeah. great things for Black folks. Definitely. And those departments had not even 1% Blacks. And you see where they're at now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's as a result of our elders. So you are absolutely right. We have to honor our elders, and I honor you. I mean, think about it. I mean, I always check on you, you know, and and I appreciate it because I give honor to to my elders, you know, and I always do. Any person, I could tell you, and again, I say it's not bragging when it's true, but when I die, the one thing people are going to say is that Dr. Brother Swap always checked on me. I didn't check on them because I wanted something. I checked on them because I honored you, I respected them, and I loved them. Yes. Oh man. So I I appreciate you. You are on fire already. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm just ecstatic to be here. I really am. You know, I'm like a little kid in town now and going to the movie or something or going to get candy. I'm, (laughs) I'm very proud of you, number one, because to talk with you, to see you and to have been with you all these years, it lets me know you understand your priorities. You know what's important. And you know you have to stay connected to your elders, and we have to stay connected to you because we lose you. I lose you. I'm losing something. You lose me. You're losing as well. Yes. I want to stay engaged. That's why I love dealing with young people. I tell my friends, you know, I said, listen, I have to deal with the young women, you know, because sometimes we might get a little bit too old. So I like to be in there. I like to hear, get the energy from them. That's Mm -hmm. that's what it is, and 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 chat with them and talk to them. And have them mm-hmm. ask me questions. Absolutely. I love that. Yes. Um, I want to give um acknowledgement to um Fred. Thank you for um showing up. Um Brandy and Tracy, thank you, Queens. Um, I appreciate you guys. Um, so what we're gonna do right now, we're gonna go into a station identification and we'll be right back. Okay.
Listen, um, before we went on our station identification, we was talking about um about areas that we're trying to create generational bonds and um so you were saying that um staying connected honoring our elders and uh, i believe um humility those things that we all as we can do so i wanted to present to you how can we as people of color black folks um improve individually and collectively well one is by being taught and uh, listening to our elders with wisdom. And this piece about being taught, we have to teach if we expect our young people, anyone, to be mm -hmm. able to progress and to know what they're doing and what they need to do. And so it's so, it's so important for us to teach our children and our young people. So it's imperative that we do that and to teach from that historical perspective of our elders. And then another thing that we really need to do is to be willing to take personal responsibility and with our daily lives and the things that we do. Ooh. Sometimes you know, when we talk about taking responsibility, Sometimes people get very upset about that because they feel that you're telling them what to do. Well, this is a little secret. If you live on this earth, you will be told what to do by some people that you don't mind doing it and by others who you don't like to do it, but you will be told some things to do. And we need to accept that, not because it's so negative, but because it's a learning process. It's something you're learning every time you, you, you learn something and someone tell you what to do, you are learning something. And mm -hmm. so that's one of the things that we can do as people of color to be more vibrant in what we do uh, and to understand it's nothing wrong with that. It's not a negative to be told what to do because that means that you're learning something. And then another thing is to hold uh, one and another accountable. And I'm mm -hmm. saying this in the way you know, accountability is every place. It's in every job Ooh. you do. It's, it's just every place. You know, when I go to the doctor, I want that doctor to be very accountable, taking care of me. Yes. I, I, you don't want to take that, that it's, you don't care about it. If you begin to care about it personally, you will have an expectation of all people that you come in contact with, that mm -hmm. what it is that they're supposed to do or should be doing, you have an expectation that you will also tell them that that's your expectation it's nothing wrong with letting people know what you want and what you need absolutely so I, I feel that it's just those things that we and it's personal it is about your personal conversations your personal goals where you want to go what you want to do and if we could do uh you know about three of those things we would be i think in a much better situation of understanding how we climb these mountains that we have to climb and why it is going to be tough sometimes but that's mm -hmm. life so if we could do those three things and expand them and how we mentor and how we do all the things we do how we love each other how we live in community together things would change in a mindset because we are all contributing to our own well-being absolutely you know <laughs> you know and again um you you're on point because again learning being humble and, and, and learning from my elders i'm just going to tell you i've been blessed to have so many mentors and, and a lot of times people say you know I mean, you've been knowing me my frat people know they always say heck you think you know so much do you know i learned from my elders and that's what gives me all this knowledge and information i'm not going to ever give myself credit it may appear that i'm talking like i know because i know because i listen to elders i go them for wise counsel in addition to I go study myself, I get training, I go get myself educated, and I experience a lot. So when you put that all in the pot, that's that's normally a, a road to success. Yes. You know, and people don't understand that. I put in the work. And so you go on, so again, having the willingness to take personal responsibilities. One of the things that people, I see people struggle with when they don't know something, and then they get constructive, 
uh, uh, correction with constructive criticism. Yes. And so instead of sitting there being humble to learn, they can sometimes listen and let the brain process. And this is sometimes people hurt themselves. And again, um, when you're talking about taking uh, personal responsibility and taking on uh, being accountable, people, when people are telling you something, trust, ladies and gentlemen, they're not saying anything to hurt you. They actually saying something to help you. You just don't understand it. And, 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 and so when people are saying something, please don't look at it as a, a, an attack on your character or attack on your personality or attack towards you. Um, keep a positive mindset and realize they're seeing something that you may not see mm-hmm. and they're addressing it. And, and, and an example is, see right now, we can see each other, but guess what? Because we're looking in, into a camera. Yes. But if we didn't have a camera, guess what? I can't see my nose, some ketchup on it, but you can <laughs> see it. Yes. And you can't see your nose, but some ketchup on it. So we have to sometimes appreciate the person can see something that may making us look bad, assassinate our own character or making a horrible mistake. Mm-hmm. And so when they see something, they're just trying to help us along the way, something that we cannot see. So we have to be humble. Listen, we have to be really humble. And so when you was mentioning this about how can we improve and and, and, and so about being taught, because mm-hmm. I, I believe you, you're never too old to learn. So do you believe age is a factor? I'm sorry. What did you, Do you say? Believe age is a factor when it comes to the learning. Yes, but it, it's a good thing. It is. Yes, I do. I do believe that. But when we learn, um, learning doesn't age us or anything. But we are able to, you know, I think we are able to 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 really kind of go back and hold on a little bit longer to things that we do and and things that we know and where we want to be. Um, and so knowledge, you know, looking at knowledge in that way, I, I'm just always um, just in awe of how we can do that and how we should be doing it even more than we're doing it in these days and times that we, we, we're doing it. I, I just I mean, I've learned that I have done so much over the years because of learning from someone else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I've never not learned from anyone. I have people say, well, how did you do that? I say, well, I realize, you know, this is a key to me. Everyone realizes what they do not know. It is entirely up to individuals to admit that and know that you can learn more than you know. Absolutely. And, and most people are willing to share what they know because you know what? You never run out of space or in information to learn something. Absolutely. You don't. It, you just don't give. You don't give up that. You. It's still there. It just new information just continue to grow and come. And if you absorb it, you have more to give. You have more to share. Mm-hmm. And that's why I just. I'm just. I think it's awesome. I just yeah. And when you say that, as always, we can always learn. And and also, again, having the mindset of humility. Let me let me share a story with you. As, mm-hmm. as again, um. You know, certain things we share with close um, friends. Mm-hmm. Some things that we share publicly. And I'm just going to yeah. share this publicly. Um, a long time ago, I was um, basically learning privately and with Les Brown being an apprentice and going mm-hmm. places with him, setting up interviews, um, radio interviews, events. And I remember... Um, um, God bless. So um, Chief Brown, you yeah. know, he would have his radio show, Hot Talk, um, Chief Jimmy Brown. And also he was a pastor, senior pastor at Ebenezer Church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, just a few things. Um, and I remember um, just doing these things, picking less up at the airport or doing this and doing that, you know, and, 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 and him blessing me and allowing me to be in his presence, him and on. I was, you know, awed. I try to keep a straight face. But I was all, but then also doing these things, I, I didn't understand. This is what I'm saying about our elders. You have to trust that they got your best interest. So I'm wondering like, hey, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And it wasn't really nothing because I had to be really humble to realize he blessed me, allowed me to even be in their space. Mm-hmm. And I remember not understanding. 
And I was, you know, talking to an elder, like, man, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And it was nothing. But in my head, I, I, I exaggerated it. And so I'm like, man, I'm doing this and I'm not receiving no perks, no nothing. And this man said, um, Les Brown, don't he charge a lot for these, you know, teaching people how to do things? I said, yeah, 10, 10 to $20,000, $30,000, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I said, did you learn how to do all those things? What did he say? I paused. I said, yeah. I said, <laughs> and they were saying, did you learn how to write books and, and, and sell from the platform and, and sell from the pulpit and learn how to do these things, speaking and, and doing so many things? And I said, yeah. Well, before you complain, you need to give him a, a $25,000 check for blessing you and so on in your life and allowing you to be in his presence. And at that point, again, that's wisdom. Yes. And you have to be humble because, again, things are inconceivable to you at, at one point. But sometimes that's why you have to be hum humble because certain things you don't know. Mm -hmm. And when someone's telling you something and if it's not registering and, and you're not processing it, just shh, shh, and let it marinate like neck bone juice. Yeah. And I get you, you get. That's a great comparative. Well, yes. you know, you're so right, Swab, because I was just thinking back when I had a business and I needed to um, just start it from scratch. Mm -hmm. I needed the shelving. I need everything. And I didn't know how to do that. I went to this guy. A white guy had the business over in uh, really like little Haiti now. Okay. And I went to him and I told him what I wanted to do. And I said, I would like to know if you will help me. I said, because. I don't know how to do this, but I know I need this, but I don't know how to do it. Will you help me? This guy said to me, he says, you know what? He said, I'm going to help you. And I'm going to tell you why. He said, because you came in here and you told me you did not know how to do this. He said, if you had come in here and start speaking to me as if you knew what you were doing, he said, mm -hmm. I never would have helped you. He said, because if someone is doing this, is that profession, they know what they're doing. You can't come in here and play with them like you know when you don't know. And people will help you when you're honest about what you don't know. That guy laid out all my shelving, everything in the store, told me how much space I needed, where I needed to put everything. And he never charged me a penny. As a matter of fact, he came all the way north to look at the space that I had leased and told me exactly how to do it, told me where to go buy everything. And, and it's true. I think if people would realize that most people want to help you. Yes. They really do want to help you, but you can't try to make them think you know more than they do when they've been doing this business for years. They, it's disrespectful to try to fool someone and to think you have knowledge that you do not have. Yes. And, and I did learn that just by less telling me, he says proximity um, breeds contentment and complacency. So what happens is when they're familiar with you, Sometimes mm -hmm. they take your information, your expertise for granted. Yes. And so and so what happens is this is what we, I keep bringing up humility. When you humble, people have more compassion. They do. And they will go above and beyond. But when, when you get kicked um, opposition, they're not willing to, to, to go above and beyond to help you because yes. it's disrespectful to you when you're trying to sue into their life. It's disrespectful to your skill set. And when you're trying to assist them, remember, you're the one in need, but your ego is so big. And I want to say sometimes people, ego is bigger than their accomplishments. Yes, it's true. Yes. And so what I want to know is how can we as a people of color improve individually and collectively? Well, by understanding that we should be a team. We should be a team. And if we are going to do this work, we really have to be a team and the team have to realize that it should have this desire to be better every day. And that if we're not going to be better, then we don't need to be involved in this particular adventure, whatever it may be. It's about doing things in the best way that you possibly can. Hmm. For me, I've always found a way to say, okay, this is why we're going to do it better. I'll briefly tell you, when we started the city, the first thing that I organized was a cleanup. We had all these people 
out on the streets on uh, Miami Gardens Drive, all on, on 32nd Avenue, all the, we were cleaning up that city. And because I knew this from my grandmother, cleanliness does something for your mind and your soul. And we cleaned up that city and then we started this um, citywide beautification. I will tell you no lie. The people in Miami Gardens, they started cleaning up their neighborhoods. They started planting plants. They started just doing all kinds of things. And they started reporting people who was littering. That I was remember crazy. that. And were, yes. But it was because people want to do the right thing. They want excellence. And sometimes when, and one of the things is, how can we do this and get better? we can start for our own people realizing we want excellence we want the best but it means you must do some work and mm. that's why it's important we want things like any other group wants and so we have to be about the business of doing it and be a group together that to say we are going to do this even if two people in here doesn't want to do it we're going to do it and then we're going to show you what it looks like and what it feels like once you do it and once that happens no one can take them back. Mm. Yes, and, and this is the thing to say. If we want excellent, it takes work. And work. so one thing I say, um, I'm, I'm the coach that's just trying to empower from a social, spiritual, and clinical perspective. So again, socially, if we're striving for excellence, we got to do things from that social perspective and trying to clean up our community. But yeah. then we have to be clinically aware that if we're going to reach that level, we have to be in the right mindset to go to that next level. And then spiritually, we know cleanliness is close to godliness. So exactly. again, so and, we and, have to be yeah. mindful. And, and the thing is, people think that you can reach these high levels of success without putting work in. You know, and, and it takes work. And so you, you're right, you know, because if we want excellence, and, and again, we want to say we're excellent, but it's just not words, it's actions. You're like faith without works is dead. Yes. You have to create a balance. Yes. You know, you don't just sit there and say, I'm gonna do this and don't do it. And again, I, and, I, and I guess this is um, thinking about less and how he inspired me. And I just think mm -hmm. about when he used to always say, you don't have to be great to get started, but exactly. you have to become great. And that inspired me to come up with my own suave philosophy. And it says potential without initiative is nothing but a conversation with yourself and others and doing absolutely nothing. So if exactly. you've got the potential, you got to take the initiative to do it. And your vision and that initiative, I remember that. I remember when people started, you remember how people used to park cars? It was yes. no park cars. No. In front of people. And guess what? Let me tell you something. Thank you. Because you remember how in the 70s and the 80s we used to see dead dogs on the road, dead dogs walking, yes. people yes. walking with sticks that was afraid. Yeah. And, and now I think about it. We didn't see any more dogs on the street. No. Thank you. Because, you know, it was like, you know, when you see like, wait a minute, I'm not seeing stray dogs anymore. Exactly. I'm not seeing cars parked in front of people yard forever anymore. I'm not seeing trash anywhere. And that initiative really did a lot. And, and again, it improved and brought so much economics into our community. Exactly. It, it really did. And because uh, some little basic things, and when we don't know, we don't know, but we should be willing to win. Sometimes things are presented to you. Don't be so eager to say, I don't want to do that. That doesn't work for me. Because I remember we had to talk, teach. If you plant shrubbery and nice trees, it changes the value of your property your property yes. value changes so you have now made another investment in your in your home and so you have to teach and just as we're talking about how do we really do this it has to be this educational component we have to learn from each other the elders and everyone we have to do that so that we can see the benefit of what we are talking about where we are trying to go and then we start to feel better about ourselves Absolutely. And that's the key. When you start to feel better about yourself, there's nothing you can't do. Absolutely. It is great. And so here at Neighborhood Planet, we're all about encouraging 
empowering, enlightening, and education, educating. So again, right now we're getting ready to go into a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. back listen um thank you for everything listen we I, i'm gonna step it up a little because again we you was talking about educating empowering encouraging and so also we talked about personal responsibility we talked about um empowering people and our children our community and we never get too old, old to learn also when people saw in a child life how we can benefit, but we benefit through humility and also by listening. So um, I want to go into a, this two-part question because I realize that sometimes, again, um, egos, uh, false sense of security, uh, struggling with a rejection, um, thinking about um, being um, bullied and all these things that I just want to... Um, ask a two-part question mm -hmm. and so the first part of this two-part question is, is do you think sometimes giving our children um saying yes to them too many times set them up for failure i do i i definitely do because hearing no and experiencing no Mm -hmm. gives us one of the greatest things that we can have in building our character of mm. what we can have or what we cannot have. And when we don't give our children some no's in their life, they really don't know how to handle discouragement, things that happen. They need to know that as well as they know how things work when it's good. And so that's, I truly believe in children should have some no. Mm -hmm. I, I, I remember, and I'm sure your mom and, and many listening to us tonight would know, our moms would say, our parents would say, no, you're not getting that. And we would say, well, why? And they said, because I said no. They didn't go into all this explaining, well, I don't have the money. and They just said, because I said no. To, to link that together, I said no, that's the authority of the parent. And the fact that they made a decision of not saying yes. And it's important. We, we cannot raise our children to feel that in and everything they want, they can have it or they should have it. Because as we live life, it is going to give you, as you know, we talk about some hard knocks. You are not going to have everything you want. And if you start that and you start not getting it, you're going to make wrong decisions because you don't know how to deal with the fact that I didn't have that, I didn't get that. And we teach our children to know that they're, they're worthy of just being who they are, not because they have things. And we have to make sure we, we really deal with our children with that because mm -hmm. it's very hard for a child to grow up until they're in their teens having everything 
And then suddenly something happens. It could be one, they lose one of their parents, anything. They lose their job, anything. Now they cannot, they cannot yes. handle those situations. Yes. And 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 and, and I'm also seeing that suicide rates have significantly increased when children are dealing with rejection, yes. dealing with being bullied, um, or just saying no. I remember when it comes to like autistic kids, when they say no and then training and they said, don't say no because they're hitting them heads and they have developmental delays and mental health issues. But when you're talking about average functioning people yes, acting like having struggles with dealing with no, I think that it lets them know they have uh, problems with rejection. And in terms, yes. this is why we see not only suicide, but homicide as well, because mm -hmm. now they struggle with being rejected. And when they feel rejected, they act out. Yes, they do. So, and I see what you're saying. So when we don't teach them, and again, we're talking about teach because we can't blame children and people for what they don't know. Yes. So it's our duties as parents and as a community and as leaders to inform people and teach people and empower people. And, yes. uh, and I, I thank you because it was a two-part question, but you actually basically answered it. So this leads me to my next question. So, and I did mention bullying so that triggered yeah. me <laughs> so what is a present-day bully and where do they reside where are they well you know present-day bullies are in places where many of us don't think they are uh and bullies is different in how people view them from a bully to a snitch okay yeah do tell do tell yeah, yeah it's a difference and we tend to say a snitch. Other folks say bully. The bullies live in the very best, nice places. They go there and everywhere. They have good jobs. They have all these things. And those are mainly you see them as bullies and what they do, how they do it. They will make your life miserable and they never will physically touch you. They won't touch you. They don't have to because they may be having some situation with your job. They don't have to physically touch you to be a bully in that job with you. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be a bully when it comes to, let's say you go to buy a new car and you don't get the right deal that you should get that other people get. That's, that's bullying you with your money and your resources. They never have to touch you, but you're miserable in your life because they're making your life uncomfortable. Uh, it can be in anything. It's buying a house, anything. You will find going to college where you don't get the things that you should get that other children or other students get. You don't get it. That's a bully because they're mm -hmm. taking advantage of you and your life and what you're doing, but they never physically touch you. Then you could say, well, what about the snitch? Okay, it might be, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's all we snitch and do something to physically harm someone. But it can be. And there's this thing in the groups where bullies, they very rarely tell about what has happened. They'll see it happening and they won't say one word, but they will act on it in the way they handle situations but they won't say anything. It's like, we have, and we have this thing, it's kind of, uh, you know, community-wide, worldwide. We mm -hmm. see things happening to different people and we will not say one word. We will just let it happen. And we say, well, I don't want to get involved because, you know, I don't want anything to happen. No, but you don't think of it in the fact that whoever is bullying, who's doing what, it may be someone else's time today, but it will be your time the next mm. day. Yes, and, and so when we don't come together to deal with what is right and what is wrong, that is a major problem that we are having in this society today. Where we don't, we all need to stand up for what is right. And yes. there are many times, if you just speak that to an individual that you're dealing with, you'd be surprised that person will make a change in what they're doing because now they realize someone is going to say something. Yes. And, and that's why when I when I think of that, it's a reason bullies live in the very best of places and they mm. think people who are snitches live in the most worst of places. But that is not true. But bullies are so detrimental to us because when you look at all the things 
that doesn't take place, all the resources that goes to the wrong place. Those to me, I call them bullies, you know, and we have some, we have some great bullies in Florida. I'm sure they have some great bullies in other places, but we have some great ones here and people are not apt to talk about it, mm -hmm. about the bully and what they're doing. We tend to think, well, that's part of the right of what they do. It is not. It is what we many times allow people to do to us collectively as a group and then even more so as a larger entity of what it is and where we are. So I totally say, look at what you're talking about when you mm -hmm. say bully and what does the bully do? And look at what you talk about for those who say, oh, well, they just didn't say anything. It is of apple time for us to begin to understand how we contribute to a lot of what happens to all of us yes. by the fact that we refuse to just say that is not right why yes. are you doing that you know people don't like to be called out and we tend to think that they won't do anything but they would they'll stop a lot of what they do if you bring it to their attention because now they know that you're absolutely watching and you, you see what's going on yes and it ties in personal responsibility because exactly. collectively we say something is strength in numbers and, and 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 um i'm not for sure but it was something about when king was saying uh you just as guilty when you don't say anything it's not quoting them directly it is it's true that's what he said and he said you're worse the person who stands there and see it than the person who's doing it exactly because Martin Luther king was so on that and you know I don't hear, I have not heard people quote him on that the way they have quoted him on I have a dream. You know, and, <laughs> yes. and that that piece is so important in what he said. Yes, absolutely. It is it so is. important. But people tend to think about the more grandeur of it and not that. But I, I have that taped in one of my books because I look at it from the time. And you know what it has done for me over the years? It has caused it me to stand up when no one else will. I yeah. just, I just, no, you can't do that. I'm not going to, we're not going to do that. Okay. And now I got a question and, and, and yes. I don't want you to feel uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but how I am in public is how I'm in private. So anybody know me, I, I'm not this person who's just going to sit there. How I'm in private mm -hmm. is how I'm in public. So I got a question because yes. I know that I don't want you to feel uncomfortable, but I have to ask a question because I'm going to always speak my truth. Yes. Um, now I know you as a former mayor, I know you are very influential in our community, but when you educated me just now, because I always consistently perceive bullying from a total different perspective, but now you just had so many things running in my head when you look at an American system where they went to Oklahoma City and bullied people, yeah, they was trying to mind their own business, and then I'm thinking about modern day bullies when you're talking about they're living in the high places, they don't have to touch you. And, and they do so many mean things that control or hurt you economically. So when I'm asking this question, in your heart, do you believe the current governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, will be considered a bully? Because I oh, see yeah. he's been taking resources <laughs> from, from schools if you don't comply. And we're talking about uh, international crisis when it comes to the coronavirus and because he don't believe in it and if you don't believe what he believes he's going to bully you and it's and, and it's, it's retaliation and that's bullying as far as i'm concerned thanks for you educating me and let me know but it's true that's why you know sometimes if if i have this thing of knowledge and reading and trying to understand and looking at the bigger picture of it i will talk to people about it i said look did you ever think of this in that manner and, and many times they said, no, I never thought of it that way. Because if you don't expand your thinking, you miss so much that's there right in your face. Yes. That not, you don't figure out a way how you need to address it. And so I always look at, look at it in a different way because there's more than one way to look at it. But yes. the governor is a, oh, he's some bully, let me tell you. And, and he bullies in the way that it will hurt you physically, mentally, and always because of what he takes. He he, he takes a lot. He takes yes. a lot. You don't want us to, Kavonis, you don't want us to, to, to wear masks. You don't want us to protect ourselves. But you you doing it, you tell me you're doing it for me. No, you're not. 
Yes, and, and and that's right. So when we were talking about snitching and not saying anything and doing our our moral, uh, um, letting our morals and our conscience guide us, and and so now that makes me think about how the the difference in certain communities and cultures and races. So I want to know: Do all communities view silence the same? Uh, not. I I would say no they don't because some will just automatically start to say we're going to just organize maybe in a small group or we're going to start doing this because you you understand that once you can start something even from a smaller scale it it begins to generate this whole group of the mindset that as larger numbers we can make some things happen but i will say this and i think all of us will think about it in this manner Large numbers make us feel uh, more comfortable, safer. Yes. But normally it never starts with a large crowd. It starts with one or two. Yes. And the Bible talks about where one or two is gathered. I'm there. We have to realize that that's why it has to start somewhere. It can start with yes. one. And when that one stands, the others start thinking, I really should do better. I should do something. And they begin yes. to do that. And that's how you get this juke. But you're never going to have a thousand people to do whatever it is you want to start. It will never start with a thousand. No. It will start with a dedicated couple of few. And, and mm. this is what I think we, we have to look at. Because a lot of people don't get engaged because they don't feel there are enough people there. But you want mm. the right number of people who the right people something. You the want confident the, people. the right people, confident, knowledge about everything, willing to sacrifice, love themselves in their community and loving people. And that's a key. We have to love each other in spite of. In spite of. And we can't allow crisis to change that love. No, we you cannot. We, we have to then kind of stick ourselves and get your foot more deeply embedded in that sand and that dirt because yes. you know you're gonna, get, you're gonna get somebody's gonna push you yeah someone's gonna push you so you want to say no we gotta hold on mm -hmm. i have to stand with my own convictions even if i'm standing by myself you know what you said something powerful because sometimes we are so easily influenced and, and and that's why it's always important to know what you know, um, tap into your discernment, mm -hmm. and not easily be swayed with things based on what's popular and what's not. Exactly. You know, and and, and like Saint Thomas Aquinas said, the majority of the world are followers. A great percent of society has no sense of direction. A no. greater percent of society is looking for someone to lead and guide them. It's mm -hmm. the few, the very few, that sets a president for the world. Mm -hmm. And you have these few individuals. You have a um king you have jesus christ you have uh um the few people but guess what those few stars off of one they changed the world and we all benefited from them mm -hmm. it's not going to be the all it's just no. going to be a few who's going to be competent they're going to know what they know and they have the vision and for the most part a lot of them are elders and, and they are they are that's why to me elders are so important to me and I try to be, as I'm getting older and then in that elder situation, you know, that frame where I am, I want my, my grandchildren to realize that I'm willing to sacrifice something yes. for, with them and for them and, well, and do that because they need that. They need to see that. Leading by example. And leading again, by example. I mean, and think about it. You know how many jobs were lost during the civil rights movement? But we all benefit to get more jobs. It's yeah. like the sacrificial line or being a martyr for something. Mm -hmm. You know, and so you and we all I can't lose my job. You wouldn't have had that job if it weren't for those people who opened the door, who are, are dead today, you yeah. know, and, and, and we have to recognize them. So in saying that, I want to know how important it is knowing. And speaking the language, mm -hmm. you know, how important is that to you? Because we got to know something. We got to be on the same page and speaking the same language. We, so we do, and at the times when it needs to be done, uh, you know, we we could work together, and 
everything is okay depending on what's happening within that work environment okay but if we let's say they sent us someplace to work with a different group of people mm -hmm. and we don't understand to make the change and to shift how we speak that language of where we have been working and when we get to this next group or this next place we are continuing that same kind of conversation the same dialect of talking and and you have people there but at the end of the day nothing has been achieved because they do not understand what you are saying we are not they on the same hear page. the words they hear the words but they don't understand what it means relative to what you're trying to get accomplished and so that's why it's so important when we talk about speaking the language you speak the language of if you're a doctor that language that you speak when you're telling a patient about some uh procedure and you're using words as that got 20 letters they they hear you they know they're ill but they don't know really what you are saying relative to their health and we have to be very particular about that and that has to do with particularly i've seen in my work uh the government sends something they want to have something happen in your community so they send the people there to do it and they might get some people that's close in proximity to where you live they come there and they start talking and everybody's in the room and everybody's just sitting no one knows what they're talking about but what they do with the government they met you every and people that's listening to me remember this when you're when the government is telling you they're going to do something new for you or different they bringing in some special they mm -hmm. always say okay we're going to have a meeting the first things they do is they have some pencils and papers and you put your name your email address and mm -hmm. your phone number they don't normally too much ask you for your address because they got your phone number your email address they can find you but this is what happens when they do that that is getting all your information to tell someone that we went to this neighborhood or we went here and we discussed all of these plans with these people and the people learn nothing but they have the the numbers and say yeah they were there we we we, we touched a hundred <clears throat> people and no one really learned anything the people who knew were the people who came there and we were so embarrassed we don't tell them i don't understand anything you said what are you talking about so I, I don't mean to change subjects, yeah. but that is a prime example that's been going on throughout the history of voting. Yeah. Because I think myself fairly educated, and I have never voted and understood completely what those bills mean or yes. the voting. And mm -hmm. I can imagine, because they got the numbers in voting, mm -hmm. but I don't think people really understand. I don't understand that stuff. They don't. People, it's too much information but you know, it's complicated when, you, when you're looking and 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 when you now when you're voting by law you can only have so many words on a ballot but the oh the, thank you i didn't know that yeah you know you you can only have so many words that's why it's so much out there that people don't rest so with you if they tell you you can only have 75 words and this is an issue that they're voting in tallahassee or, uh, in dc or whatever and it and then if you go see the the item it may be 150 pages that is relative to, the, to that seven those 75 words that you voted on and you had no idea what it was so yeah. later on when when we we're having these discussions people are upset later when what they thought they were getting they did mm -hmm. not get but you voted for it but you didn't ask them what does that mean what is that you know what um I, I don't know what to say because i just personally feel that um episode seven needs a part two because there's some things i need to ask you know because even the question that i had to follow up because again communication and stuff like that because it's communication, voting and communication yeah. in terms of relationships communication yeah. in terms of engagement and communication when it comes to voting because this is the stuff you're telling me 75 words but then you have a thing that has 150 pages it could have a thousand pages 
Yes. It's going to have a thousand pages because that's um, all of the essence of it to tell you how you do it, how you do this, how much it costs, where it comes. People, and then they're upset because they realize that they know nothing, but they don't address it with those individuals who come and ask for their vote. And then they anger with them later because they don't know and the people never told them. So you, you're getting something that you really don't know what you're getting. And you're usually you're usually disappointed yeah well I, I thank you tonight um listen you guys um interested in seeing i told you my mayor shirley gibson you guys um leave um comments listen be sure to to share man to subscribe and like listen i told you uh it's just so much i have I, we, you're gonna have to come back you're gonna have to come back because okay. again this is information i'm talking about I mean, I'm blown away. And again, just to educate me on bullying, you know, we have this subjective way of thinking about bullying, but bullying yeah. is a lot, lot, it's just like when we define racism, you know, thank yes. God because those are people who are in power. So mm -hmm. listen, um, just before we close out, tell the people um, if they needed to contact you or they wanted to get some con um, yes. consulting from you, consulting firm, just tell them a little. Yes, well, you. you know, you I'm available. You can get in touch with me. I will give you my email address and I'll say it slowly because it's kind of long. It's M I A G D N S W G at bellsouth.net. I have a very old name, long name that I keep. <laughs> I still have Bell South. So you can always reach me on my email. And I'll be more than happy to communicate with you and we can chat, uh, you know, and to even, you know, just to say there's so much that we don't know. And once we learn these things, we can better manage our daily life, our community, our children, just everything about what we do. Because one of the things I want to really close by saying for everything in this country and around and i'll make it a little bit more succinct when when i became a police officer many years ago our book our statue book that is in tallahassee that printed in tallahassee and it comes here it was one book when i left after the 16 years we had three and they were probably i i don't know they were like three what? inches thick we had yes. three yeah, I remember. And, the yeah, you remember the books? And, yeah. and, and in those books, believe me, you could find something that someone did wrong in those books. So you have to look at, and all those are to keep us in a place by saying, no matter what happens, you can be in violation of something when you continually make laws. Bullies. They are bullying and they never touch you. Yes. So thank you so much. Again, you we have to have so you welcome. come back. I thank you guys. Um, so just thank you guys for showing up. Um, and this has been episode seven and in closing. So this is Dr. Brother Suave signing out. Just remember great minds for great places. I love you. I mean, you. bye-bye.
This program was made possible by Neighborhood Planet Broadcasting Systems, Neighborhood Planet Network, and from contributions to NPN TV from viewers like you.